why do people keep saying that making your bed is an important thing to do? It's so irritating. Hi, I'm Misty Winkler, and you're listening to the Simply Convivial Podcast. So I hate to break it to you, but it really does make a difference when your bed is made. I fought it all my childhood, most of my young adult life, about half of my married life to date. But after a long struggle with a lot of ups and downs, I finally recognize the value of simply making my bed every day. Let me take you on my journey and explain why I decided and began practicing to make my bed every day. Let's dig in. I have difficulty doing something just because. I want a reason. So for years, decades actually, of my life, I insisted that there was no good reason to make my bed. Ambiguous, should be done, reasoning is simply not compelling to me. My mind wants to know why. And if I can give it no satisfactory answer, then the internal shoulder shrug is signaled. And I decide that I won't if I don't have to. Making one's bed is the classic example Why make your bed if you're only going to get back into it at night and undo it? I've been using that reasoning my entire life. My husband's answer to the question is that the sheet and blanket won't fit his length unless they are straightened. All my life until I was married, my procedure at bedtime was to just clamor into bed and wiggle and pull until I was in some manner covered. So imagine my bewilderment when I married a man who would make the bed at night just before getting into it. Bizarre. I mean, I always thought that it was folly to make one's bed in the morning if it was only going to be unmade that night. But to make it right before unmaking it? Inconceivable. So over the years, I have had spurts of morning bed making. My first line of reasoning was almost reversed. I mean, if your husband is going to make the bed in the evening right before getting into it, you might as well make it in the morning. It can at least be made for a small amount of time. And during those periods where I was making the bed, I did learn a few things. First, I had to grudgingly admit that a made bed does add an air of neatness even to an untidy bedroom. And an unmade bed is a discordant note in a tidy bedroom. Second, I realized how strong the force of habit truly is. Making the bed is a simple, quick job. However, every time I did it, it was difficult mentally. 
to make a bed after so many years of repeatedly telling myself that it is a stupid thing to do. I have to resist and break those inclinations, those deep-seated habits. What I grew up telling myself throughout childhood became an entrenched part of my person, and it was not shed easily, definitely not simply by snapping and becoming a grown-up. Instead, what we plant and practice as children blossoms, flowers, and fruits once we become grown-ups. So one reason that I worked at trying to make the new habit of making my bed daily was because it was representative. It's a task that takes about 45 seconds It does affect the overall feel of the room and it communicates to myself that I am going to fight and resist my natural tendencies, that I am not going to simply flow down the path of least resistance anymore. Making my bed is also representative in another way that I had not previously considered, At that time, I also read Kathleen Norris's Asedia and Me, and this passage resonated with me. Quote, true freedom develops out of discipline and a healthy respect for necessity. I was a bratty kid who didn't want to make her bed. Why bother? I would ask my mother in a witheringly superior tone. I'll just have to unmake it again at night. To me, the act was stupid repetition. To my mother, it was a meaningful expression of hospitality to oneself, a humble acknowledgement of our creaturely need to make and remake our daily environments. You will feel better, she said, if you come home to an orderly room. Then Norris mentions having uncomfortable identification with a particular character in a book she was reading, who did not wash her hair for three weeks because, quote, it seemed so silly to wash when I would only have to wash it again the next. It made me tired just to think of it. I wanted to do everything once and for all and be through with it. Norris continues, quote, One of the first symptoms, both of acedia and depression, is the inability to address the body's basic daily needs. It is also a refusal of repetition. Showering, shampooing, brushing the teeth, taking a multivitamin, going for a daily walk, as unremarkable as they seem, are acts of self-respect. They enhance the ability to take pleasure in oneself and in the world, But the notion of pleasure is alien to Asadia, and one becomes weary thinking about doing anything at all. It is too much to ask, one decides, sinking back on the sofa. In another section, she writes, Most important, I did not recognize Asadia as a temptation, something that I could resist. I was not aware that even as I maintained a busy and productive life, Sloth, Asedia's handmaid, had a firm grip on me, for I had become aware that it was possible to reject time as well as embrace it. 
If I wanted to, I could live just barely, refusing the gift of each day. As one who has found the mere thought of doing the dishes again, when they will only be dirtied and needing to be washed again at the end of the day, and as one who has always struggled with despising showering and teeth brushing just because they are so relentlessly repetitious, this book made me see myself in a new light. If one succumbs to the temptation to lapse into sloth and indolence, it is a hard hole to climb back out of, and simply not trying and not caring to try is easier, but it is a refusal to live life as it is given. Making one's bed, washing one's hair, changing diapers even, is a way we honor and respect the image of God in ourselves while recognizing and honoring that we are creatures who were made to tend. Previously, I had thought of dominion taking more as conquering than tending, but God in perfection before the fall gave man a garden to tend. This suggests more of a constant caring for than any kind of once and for all figuring out and setting up. We are creatures who were made and called to love, to tend, to maintain more than we were made to accomplish and be finished. Bed making, face washing, teeth brushing, dishwashing, diaper changing, clothes laundering, floor sweeping are all tending jobs. As such, they are ways that we bestow honor. In my entrenched wrongheadedness, I used to see these tasks as demeaning and taking away honor rather than as a way to give it. But this is the logic of the world and not God's wisdom. In God's wisdom, in God's economy, laying down one's life is the way to resurrection, the way to gain one's life. A refusal to lay down your life is a refusal to take up and live your life. And so I begin to lay my life down, to put to death the old man, to submit to God's call rather than my own logic by the simple, humble act of making my bed. So do you think making your bed is your next thing to do to become more organized? I have a quiz that will tell you whether or not that really is the next best thing for you to work on in your home. My how organized are you quiz will ask you a few questions and then tell you your weak spot in your home and give you some pointers all for free to manage your home better. We all have things that we could be working on, but we can't do them all at once. We have to pick some place to start. And this quiz will give you some direction for where to start, where your time will be best spent. You can find it at the link below or go to simplyconvivial.com quiz. That's simplyconvivial.com quiz.